You're listening to the Life with Old Dogs podcast, and I'm your host, Dawn Mimnaw, primary caretaker of all of our wonderful senior German Shepherds right here at Woody's Place Senior German Shepherd Sanctuary. All right. This is Dawn from the Life with Old Dogs podcast, and I'm here today with Tawny Beckman from Shade Out DM. Hi, Tawny. How are you? Hey, Dawn. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I follow you, uh, your organization on Instagram, and I've seen your little Casey there, and I've just, I just fell in love. I really did. <laughs> um I actually love corgis, and I've often said to my husband, when I get too old and I can't help German shepherds anymore, I'm turning to corgis. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually grew up with uh, German shepherds, and um, but yeah, corgis are, are little mini German shepherds almost. <laughs> yeah, they're very smart, right? They're smart they're dogs. They're just as loud. <laughs> oh, goodness, that's too funny. I, 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 I heard that they are very intelligent and that they're great swimmers. Is that true? It depends on the dog, but yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Some of them don't don't like water at all, but I was fortunate enough that all of my corgis have always loved water. So oh, it's a, good. It's a blessing. Yes. Good. Good. Okay. So you're the founder of Shade Out DM. Yes. Yes. That's correct. Can you tell us about that? So Shade Out DM came about. Um, my Casey, like you said, uh, Casey the corgi, um, was uh. I have had corgis for over 25 years and, um, I, you know, they're just my babies. They're not, I don't show, I don't do anything like that. They're just my babies. And, um, so I had never heard of DM. And, um, so when I started, I'm also a horse trainer, so I watch horses move. I, I see how their gait is. And so I probably picked up on Casey a little early, earlier than most. And I, um, Basically, teaching lessons, um, my students were always so kind about asking, how's Casey doing? And um, I said, you guys are so nice, but it's taking up half of your lesson when we're talking about Casey. So <laughs> long story short, one of the kids helped me set up a Facebook page, as I'm not very technical. <laughs> and um, they, next thing you know, 5,000 people were watching Casey's journey. And it wasn't something that I could have ever imagined or, or guess. I mean, I, I really had no idea the power of social media mm -hmm. and suddenly I had people reaching out. Oh my gosh, I think my dog has this too. Or, Oh, I had a dog with this or whatever. And in the beginning I had gone to five vets and three chiropractors, you know, trying to say something's going on. I am not really sure what it is. And, um, you know, then when I found out about DM and, and started doing research on it, like everyone does, um, it ended up being like I had the first few vets had said, Oh no, that's, I, I know what you're talking about, but that's not what this is. And uh, it took me a while, but finally um, we got to a vet that was familiar with it and did the genetic testing, which doesn't confirm it, but it does confirm the genetic, you know, what genes your dog has. Mm -hmm. And um, so she was at risk and basically um, in the Corgi community, it is a, a 
a problem, a big problem. Um, and uh, a lot of it is because a lot of the corgis have been bred over and over, you know, and, and just the genetic lines um, contribute to it, you know. And so it is very much talked about in the corgi community. And so uh, when we did, it, basically, I started out by telling people, oh, man, so sorry that that's what your dog has. I'm so thankful that this isn't what Casey has. And turned out it was. So oh, gosh. Um, oh, when no. she passed away, it's called Shade Out DM because as in shades. So I brought some little shades. So this is what we do. We shade out DM. <laughs> <That's so laughs> uh, but um, it's because when Casey was, um, we did a lot of hydrotherapy. She swam two to three times a week. Um, and that just kept her little heart and lungs strong. I mean, her front end lasted longer. Yes, there's no proof in that. But bottom line, um, you know, as a horse trainer, conditioning is very important. And I see it over and over now that I've been doing this for a while. Dogs that are active and out there getting out doing things seem to um, fight this disease a little bit stronger, a little longer, you know? I, I agree. Yep. And, mm -hmm. and so um, anyway, so Casey loved to swim. And so thankfully, um, we have a local pool close by that we were able to rent by the hour and go every Tuesday, Thursday and Saturday for her swim time. And, <laughs> um, you know, the coolest thing was when she was in the pool, she wasn't handicapped. Yep. So she could swim around and, and tootle around and, and she just loved her swim time. So we just to entertain ourselves, we would do our, our little laps back and forth and um, then just to let her float and, and just be a dog again. And um, one day I popped on my sunglasses on her, took a picture and put it on her page and everybody loved it. Next thing you know, people were sending me sunglasses from all over the world. Oh, nice. That so, is so every day, like, you know, and she loved it because she got like people would walk by the pool. And, oh, my gosh. How cute. And she just <laughs> ate that up. So, right. you know, it wasn't anything that I did. I, I didn't think it up myself. It was just a fun thing. And. And so when she crossed the bridge, um, somebody, a very close friend who was taking the DM journey for her third time, and mm -hmm. um, well, it was her second time at, at the time, um, but she helped me because she'd been through it before. And so she helped me a lot and um, with Casey during her journey. And so when she crossed the bridge, um, she said, you know, Casey always wore those sunglasses. You really need to keep doing this and you need to call it Shade Out DM. So I totally <laughs> credit her for give her all the, all the due credit for that, for the name. And it, it's not, you know, it just kind of came about and we have kept doing it. There's a lot of people that um, have approached us and asked us to be quiet. And um, that's really? because they don't want us talking about this problem. And um, I just kind of feel like, honestly, the more we can educate the public and, you know, get to those people that, that just they're average like me and that they're, you know, they have a dog and then the neighbor's dog is there and they seem to fancy each other and we'll just let them breed. And, right. and that's how this continues. And if we can get to the, the end of, you know, the, the, the owners, you know, that innocently don't know, um, that's yes. not always true. <laughs> well, uh, there's breeders well, uh, who know. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. But, no, absolutely, um, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm just there's breeders little, who know. 
yeah, no, I, I'm, a, I'm a little cautious. Of, I'm very aware, <laughs> but I'm a little cautious about that because, you know, majority of the people, you know, a lot of the breeders in the Corgi community are making a big effort to mm-hmm. wean it out of their lines. And I commend them for that. There yeah, are those. That's that what don't. we want. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 And, now, I, and, I guess I'm so adamant about it because um, my personal German shepherd, Levi, who's she's been deceased now since 2017, um, her, her breeder knew. I didn't know it at the time. Um, my husband actually bought her for me. It's the only dog we ever bought. And he mm-hmm. bought her for me for a Valentine's Day gift. Mm-hmm. And I, I was thinking, like, I was just very skeptical. And I was like, why is she so cheap? I didn't mean to sound that way, you know, but uh, just the, the fee that the breeder was. And and then I, I found out later on down the road, oh, this is why. And she knew. And mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and it, and of course, just like you, I, I went through that journey with Levi, Woody, a whole bunch of other German shepherds, but the, the pain, just the pain and the emotional roller coaster mm-hmm. that you're on, it's like, just stop already. Just stop already. It's not worth it. It's not worth yeah. the breed dogs yeah. to carry the gene. Absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. So that that could be a whole nother segment in my yeah. opinion on that. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But I get, um, I get it. Some don't know. Like you said, they're just back yeah, so, so well, so when when I was told that we needed to be quiet and not talk about it, you know who would have who would have been the one to tell me that, right? And so um at that point I said, Really watch this, you know. So we started going <laughs> to um all a lot of giant corgi events um and again you know this disease is not breed specific it doesn't no. discriminate so it, it involves like over 100 breeds it mm-hmm. involves a lot of dogs i only um have you know shade out dm only has a large um corgi following because i had a corgi in it you know i do absolutely we want to make sure that it is open to all dogs and owners that are affected and we absolutely want everyone to post their dogs in there and and let the world know that this is other breeds too um just right now i've had people say oh that's only a corgi group that's not true we're we're all breeds and if you look at my hat i've got we just released the german skin that's cherry cola that's yeah, so we cute. have Wesson and Maggie, you know. And, and, and what is that, a Bernice, Bernice Mountain Dog? Bernice Mountain Dog, yeah, yeah okay. Maggie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> That's so cute. <laughs> um, but we, you know, that is our our attempt to uh, get people's attention, to ask questions, so we get to talk about it, and we get mm-hmm. to share it with people. Um, and and really, um, Shade Out DM you know, our mission is to raise awareness solely, mainly to raise awareness. And we do, um, we do want to work towards, um, well, I guess I'm, I'm pausing in my thoughts because honestly, we've done a lot of things um, over the years. We started this, Casey passed away in 2017 and we, you know, so that's when Shade Out DM originated, to be honest. And so, and since then, we started going to the big Corgi events. We have a big one out here, um, the the Corgi Beach Day. Where two thousand California, yeah, two thousand okay. Corgis come. You know, <laughs> it's a big big deal. But oh, that um, would be fun. <laughs> it's adorable. It's so much fun. And um, you know, so and we've gone to Texas and uh, like a lot of places where we've held big events. 
but in in doing this um and you know offering people a place to to talk about their journey you know in the middle of the night you're up with your dog she won't sleep people will post on there like hey what you know she won't sleep this is so frustrating and we've had more and more people come to us and say like i went to my vet and my vet never even heard of the m and so this happened over and over and over and then on the other note we were getting a lot of people that were coming to us um hey we were just diagnosed with a DM, but, um, you know, we don't know what to do. And so I would ask first question is how old is your dog? And they'd say two or three. And I'm like, that's not DM, you know? And so at this point we started realizing, I also work with um, bandits canine care. Uh, they're an, also a nonprofit that um, helps with a lot of veterinary stuff. And so uh, we work hand in hand. I do the loaner cart program for them. So we loan carts out to all different size dogs also um, for free. And um, so anyway, when I got people coming to me for, for that and another lady that um, very intelligent lady um, that it, it was working closely with me at the time, um, we got a lot of people that were you know, clearly being misdiagnosed. Okay. And so mm-hmm. at that time we thought, well, we need to get into some of these veterinary conferences and start like educating um, more people about DM. Right. Just so that they know to look into it, you know, and um, really, okay. So DM was, um, became a real thing in 2008. Um, I'm like you, Casey, uh, we was the only dog that we purchased. My husband purchased her for me. Um, and honestly, uh, the breeder, I don't blame her breeder because her breeder, uh, Casey was born in 2005 and, and DM really became a thing in 2008. So immediately she started testing before breeding and changing her lines and making the effort. And so I don't blame her. Um, but at the, at the same time, I do blame those that don't want to make that change, you know, right. and, and won't mm-hmm. admit that it's a problem. And so um, when we started having more and more people come to us, we said, you know, honestly, we need to, sorry, I forgot to shut my phone off. Um, I did we, the same thing. I'm doing it right now. <laughs> uh, so uh, when we decided to start going to veterinary conferences. So we did our first veterinary conference and um, that's where it was the Western veterinary conference in Las Vegas. And, and there was like 12,000 vet students and vets and neurologists. And I mean, it was amazing. They all came up to us uh, with welcome arms. I didn't really know how it was going to go, but they did. And they were grateful and they, oh my gosh, this is amazing. You guys are that support group that can help my people. You know, like I had one neurologist come up to me and say, I have to diagnose this disease like six to eight times a day. Um, And so this is wonderful. Now I have somewhere to point the people to because it's just a, you know, I've been having to say, oh my gosh, this is, this is, I have to give you this awful diagnosis. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, we could argue on, on how he, he presented it. Cause it's not a diagnosis completely, you know, but the whole point is, is, you know, when you see it over and over and over and you start to see the same, same signs, same symptoms, same everything, and it right. all fits into the box. It's, 
and you've ruled out everything else, it's really obvious that pretty much that's probably yeah. what it is. So yeah, we we've had this with uh rest. Well, of course, dogs that have come here to the sanctuary, mm. and whether it be another rescue group or a shelter, um, and they have information on the dog, and and they will say something neurological, and I'll say, please send me a video. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. watched the dog for a little bit and I'll say, well, did they have an x-ray of the spine to rule out degenerative disc disease or, or herniated disc or, you know, pinched yeah. nerves or something like that? And I'll say, yeah, it's DM. And either it'll be, well, what is that? Or why well, don't know about that? And I'm thinking, no, I, I've seen this. I don't know how many times mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know, it's blatantly obvious if you know what you're looking for. And like you said, you've ruled out everything else, but I mean, nobody likes getting that diagnosis, but I look at it this way. It doesn't have to be an immediate like death sentence. Right. They can right. still have quality of life. And Absolutely. We, I mean, we've had Prince. He's here over a year now and he's still going just fine. Does he look pretty all the time? No. Mm-hmm. But is he still living his best life? Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Right. So. Right. That's something yeah. to keep in mind if you get that diagnosis. It it doesn't mean Absolutely. The, end, the end is right here. This is it. No, that's no, not the no. case at all. No, yeah, Casey actually rode her wheels for a month shy of three years. That's fantastic. See? So, yeah, that's what I'm saying. We have tools that we can use. We're going to get into that in a little bit yeah, here. There's yeah. tools. There's therapies um, to... Obviously, what we're doing is we're trying to slow the disease as much as possible mm-hmm. um, to extend their life for as long as possible, as long as they have quality of life. That's yeah. that's basically what it comes down to. Right. And there's lots of ways to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just like a human with ALS. You know, you get them the tools they need to be comfortable and mm-hmm. to still be out there. That's another thing that we did um Shade Out DM. We've been getting well, then COVID hit and changed everything. But oh yeah, I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but before COVID, we uh we've linked up with the local ALS chapters here and we actually did a they asked us to do a booth at their walk. Um and uh oh my gosh, that was so heart wrenching and um, i had people coming up to us um i actually had our vet come and um it was eye opening for him too um but we had als patients um coming up and reading through <clears throat> excuse me our sign of like you know symptoms and you know things and he said yep i've got that yep i've got that yep i've got that yep i've wow. got that i mean all of these things so that's another thing that's really, um, I want to say exciting, and that the dog research for DM studies are contributing to the human ALS studies. I think and that's phenomenal. I saw so, that on your website. Yeah. I mean, that's great. Yeah, super cool. That it, I mean, to take a bad, a very bad situation and be able to do good with it is right. what needs to happen. And I, I'm so excited right. that it is happening and it is. Um, you know, all these communities are, are so great in that they're able to support each other and help each other. And, you know, that's the only thing that's going to be able to, like we say, breed out this disease is yeah. to join hands and educate people. And so that's where I'm going as we go and basically educate those people that are going to be looking to buy their next puppy to teach them ask questions, ask if they've been tested, ask mm-hmm. these things, you know, I'm mm-hmm. not saying don't do it. 
and I'm absolutely a, a rescue person and that, um, and that's my Corgi that I have now. She's a rescue, you know? Um, but, but if you're out there going to go buy your puppy, do some research first, you know, like, um, and then just, you know, yeah. Giving people education. Um, it's funny because some rescue people, we do a, a race an awareness race, um, every year. Now this will be our fourth year. And, um, it is, you know, initially the first year it was in-person and virtual and then COVID hit. So we took it hundred percent virtual, which actually is more effective, but it's basically a race to shade out DM, meaning we take and ask people to go and post pictures and flood the internet with their, um, pictures of their dog with their number or their friends with their number, you know, competition race numbers, like a marathon, you know, uh-huh. and they can, we actually do have some real runners that participate, but we also have people that just don't don't get out that much, but they still part they're still able to participate too. Because the whole goal is to flood the internet, like I just said, and 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 let people go like, what is going on? What is yeah. this? Why ask, why are these start going- asking questions? Yeah, yeah. And so by doing that race, and and I didn't mean to jump to that, except that um it the whole point is to to raise awareness for dm get people asking get people wondering what it is get them talking about it so we can can share the information mm-hmm. and then um it, i lost that train of thought <laughs> well, well, welcome to my world welcome to my world well, um yeah I, I wanted to ask you um now, as you know, we do german shepherds here senior german shepherds and right. we've had degenerative myelopathy um I want to say maybe about seven or eight times now in the history of Woody's place, we became official in 2007. Actually, Woody had degenerative myelopathy. Um, So let me ask you this. Um, What were the first signs you saw with Casey that led you to start investigating into what could possibly be wrong here? What would people be looking for? So um, originally... I saw that um, one leg was kind of giving out for for her and one hind leg. And um, now I I know to tell people, um, look for like one back foot with the toenails wearing unevenly, you know, wearing more than the other, more than the other hind foot. Um, And it's funny because at the time I do remember looking at her toenails and going, you know, because I would trim her little toenails and, and that foot, I never needed a trim it. And I remember thinking that was odd, but it, it mm-hmm. you know, at the time I didn't know. And so, yeah, you want to look for just, you know, live life, live life every day, enjoy life every day. You will, if it's something that, that you may be faced with, it'll be a gradual process. It won't mm-hmm. be sudden. If right. it's sudden, then it's likely not DM and it, right. you, you, the good news is that could be repairable if you jump on it quick enough. Well, that's you know? right. That's right. And you just said somebody talking about uh, degenerative myelopathy and their dog was two or three. We just recently had an email. I want to say like within the last two, possibly three weeks. And, and that this, that's what this person was presenting. My dog is four years old and he has degenerative myelopathy. I said, your, your mm-hmm. dog most likely doesn't have degenerative myelopathy at four years old. And he said, well, he's doing this, this, and this, and I've heard you talk about it. I said, well, 
It could be degenerative disc disease. He could have pinched a nerve. He could have herniated a disc. They will all present the same way. But if it happens suddenly, as opposed to gradually, de- degenerative myelopathy is gradual. Right. It's, it's not. It's not sudden. I mean, there are there are several stages to DM, and one stage could happen quicker than another stage. But DM doesn't happen overnight. We both know that. Right. Right. But there That's- are, like you said, treatable injuries that could present as DM like that. Right. So right. It needs to be investigated. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, like I said, <clears throat> we went to five vets and, and three chiropractors just trying to get to the bottom because I noticed it early on. I noticed mm-hmm. something was going on. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. But many of them didn't know about DM and the couple that did um, obviously didn't know. I, I mean, they actually came and told me later, but like, I, really sorry. I didn't think that's what it was, but I've never worked on a dog with that. And that would have been a little helpful to know at the same right. time, because mm-hmm. not everyone is as persistent as I am. And like, I yeah, don't you quit. Be I keep ra- digging. Well, me and, too. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta yeah. be their and advocate. So, there's other people that don't ask questions. And so that's the other thing I do a lot of is encouraging people. Here's the questions you want to be asking your vet. You never want to accuse your vet. Oh, you don't know anything about this. I mm-hmm. won't get you anywhere. You want to, you know, take these questions and say, well, what about this? Or what about that? Or please tell me what you think about this. And are you familiar with that? You know, I mean, you, you, so you can get further by um, asking, asking for help more. Um, but Bottom line, um, the whole signs and everything, you you may see a little hitch in their get along, like I call it. You know, mm-hmm. you may see them a little off. If it if it continues in the same hind leg, you know, meaning like they don't switch to the other hind leg, you know, right. things like that, um, it, it might be coming, you know, but. But you just got to keep on living and go enjoy. Don't let that stop you. I I see people go, oh, no, I think this is what it is. And I'm not going to take them on walks anymore. And and I see their dogs really decline more quickly when they, you know, don't get them out. You know, you really need to go ahead and get them out. Let them play. They need to be mentally stimulated. They need to be mentally stimulated more so once they become immobile, you know, without the use of a cart or a harness or whatever, they need that mental stimulation. And listen, there's, there's ways to get around the walking. Like um, we have Prince, he's actually shuffling from one bed to the next right now. Mm -hmm. Um, When we have degenerative myelopathy dogs, first of all, we're in the Pocono mountains in Pennsylvania. It's, it's rural here. And if you ever need grass and trees, I'll give you some, we got a lot. So he never, he never sees blacktop or concrete because he's always walking the sanctuary grounds here. So if you have a dog with DM, keep them off of blacktop and concrete. If you can let them walk in a field on the grass, um, This way, if they are, if they do occasionally start to knuckle under, you know, where their back paw turns under, um, that could get scraped and raw and and bloody and infected if you don't have that covered and they're on a concrete or blacktop surface. He he's here. He walks all over the place. And I'll I'll show you this picture. I know other people can't see, but you see how his knuckle see that right there? Yeah. Uh Mm -hmm. There's still hair there. It's just a little scuffed off. And that's from over a year. And that's just because he walks, he walks on the grass. 
Right. So it, right. it doesn't, it's nice and soft and it really doesn't hurt. So there, there are ways to, but they definitely need to be, they need to be moving as much as possible. Keep them moving as much as possible for as long as possible. That's, yes. yes. That's what's going to help, you know, extend their lives and keep them comfortable. Like you that's said right. about your, your Casey swimming. Yes. Yes. Well, and you know, I mean, some of us that live in the city and, you know, like Casey, we went to the park every day. And, Mm -hmm. um, so she, her cart, her wheelchair rolled a lot easier (laughs) on the cement and she knew that herself. So she would, I would try to get her to go on the grass and then she would go back onto the path and and go. So I just put little boots, little socks on her feet and, Mm -hmm. um, tape tape them on with the little athletic tape. Um, like Corgi's feet, it's really hard to keep little boots on. And um, <laughs> I can imagine with, <laughs> with all dogs, they're not really designed for shoes, but um, you know, uh, and she would wear through those. Um, I, I built her, her first couple of wheelchairs because uh, again, didn't have all the information. Right. And mm-hmm. so, um, well, first of all, that's why we do the loaner cart program also is um, originally my husband said, I'm not spending $700 on a dog wheelchair. <laughs> you know? And uh, so I said, well, fine, I'll make her one then. Um, and then uh, and it worked out actually perfectly at the time. Also, the the one vet was saying, you know, it wasn't probably DM and oh, you don't want to put her in a wheelchair because as soon as you do, they, they never come out of them. That's not true either. You know, I've seen a lot of dogs that didn't have DM that had other injuries and, and they did come out of them, but um, yeah, mm-hmm. with DM likely you won't be coming out of them, but, but they need the support. I mean, honestly, so I would cover up her little feet with little um, socks or, or, you know, there's so many varieties out there now of, of boots and socks and, and everything, but yeah, it truth- has gotten better. <laughs> yes, there is a lot more now. Um, but yeah, the truth be told, um, whatever you put on their feet, they will wear through them. So I took like duct tape and put uh, several layers of duct tape and put that on the outside of the boot so that it wore through the duct tape first and I could keep replacing the duct tape and not yeah. the socks every time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's important that they don't leave the boots on so that because some of them are not breathable. So you right. put it on while you use it and then take it off when you're done riding your wheels. Right. Um, but overall, um, yeah, you're absolutely right. You just, just like with humans, you, you give them the tools, the equipment they need to be safe, to protect them as best as possible. Although Casey would sit there and as soon as she got out of her cart, if I didn't move fast enough and take her socks off, she removed them herself for me. Oh, (laughs) she's trying to help you out, mom. That's all. Yeah, I'm just going to take this off here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she's trying to help you. I I got that way with uh, Jared. Jared's actually in uh, the picture of our uh, degenerative myelopathy um, blog post from about a year ago now. And uh, God, he was so bad. He was so bad. He loved his wheel cart. He had a walking wheels wheel cart and he was so good and he would go all over the place. And sometimes he would end like on his side, like on his back, like a turtle, you know, because he would go so fast, he would flip himself. But um, he he hated any boot or shoe that I that I put on him. Yeah, here here he is here. I don't know if you can. Oh, yes. Oh, uh uh uh-huh. Yeah. So I just bought tube socks. I just bought, again, we're on the grass here at rural area. So I just bought them tube socks 
and I, I would pull the tube socks as far as I could up his back leg. And then again, I, I'd use the vet wrap around the top of it. So if he tore it, it didn't matter. I, I would just, right. you know, I had more tube socks. If he got them filthy, I would just throw them in the wash. It didn't yep. matter. But he didn't seem to mind the tube socks the way he would other boots with like the Velcro strap or Right. Or, whatever. or they just right. didn't, they really didn't come up high enough and they would just fall right off his feet. Ugh. Oh, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. he was, he was a very active boy with DM. It was almost like he didn't know. They it, don't know. Yeah. yeah no. It was almost like he just didn't realize and he was just going to keep going, whether he had to drag his back end all over the place or well, I didn't let him do that. But I'm just saying like he was going to go. And oh yeah. <laughs> Casey was the same way. It was, it was nearly impossible to slow her down. Um, like uh, one day we have a dog door and there was a, a neighbor's cat that decided to jump the fence and come into our yard. And she was completely down in the hind end and she drug herself so fast out that dog door and across the cement pavement patio. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> so after that, I put like a little t-shirt on her and I, I didn't even think she could get out the dog door anymore, but yeah, with it, enough you. adrenaline, they can do anything, yeah. I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Walking Wheels or Handicap Pet, it's the same yeah. company. They have a product called a drag bag. Yes. Um, yeah, wow. we actually have. Yeah, we actually have a video of it on YouTube. We had Gabriel who was in a drag bag for a little while. And, and that could be useful like. It, and again, it's just, it's a product that you use occasionally. You don't keep them in the drag bag, but basically That's it's right. for dogs, just like you were just saying, where they are completely immobile in the back end, but you're obviously, you're not going to have them in their wheel cart 24 seven either. <laughs> so when they're in the house and they're just maybe on their bed, but they can still drag themselves over to their water bowl. And I know some people are going to roll their eyes when I say that and say, well, why don't you just put them down when they get to that point? That's a whole other story right there. Uh, no. You can still use a product called a drag bag that protects their their, you know, their body. Yeah, yeah. From getting scraped up or because obviously if they they're getting scraped up, they don't know they're getting scraped up on the lower end. So it it protects them. Um and yeah, finally they have it now. You're right. <laughs> you know, it's funny cuz if I could add to that, um yeah, there's a myth a lot of people had said um oh well if it's dm they, they don't feel anything and that's actually a myth and that um a lot of dogs actually do still have feeling they just cannot control their muscles so um like casey when she would get little always they would hurt her and sting her you know and so um you, we still yeah the doctor all of those and everything but um i you just reminded me that actually um yeah it's it, it's easier if you can protect them like that with a drag bag or something so they don't get those little always a sting it, it, life is a lot easier now there are so many different things that are available that walking wheels um handicap pets also has a little scooter too have you seen that <laughs> yeah i have oh my goodness they have everything they have them for i've seen them for ducks i've seen them for yep. turtles they have yep. like our, they have mobility devices for everything it's it's, yep. it's fascinating and yep. people are buying them i mean yeah. there's truly a need for them yes yeah yeah eddie's wheels has quite a few too um and that's just the thing there's so many different brands of wheelchairs so many different brands of of everything i only speak on the ones that that i have familiar using that i use myself with my dog you know Mm -hmm. so um but yeah there are just so many 
and great companies. I just love that they're all um, trying to do the best for the animals, you know, right. they're trying really hard to provide everything. And, you know, honestly, if one brand works, doesn't work for one dog, I don't say quit using the cart. I say, try this other one, you know? That's right. Um, That's right. Because we, we have different carts here. Ultimately yeah. for me, you know, it, it it's not working because something's not right, you know? So get something else. We have a, a, a corgi that recently crossed the bridge that um, he, for a while he had three carts, you know, mm -hmm. and it was just because one worked great for this and one worked great for that. Their terrain wasn't, you know, they're more in the country and, you know, that kind of thing. And so um, she had different carts for different things. And, and it was, it was super because he still got to get out. And, and even when he was uh, on his final days, um, her husband, uh, I think you probably might've seen it on our page, but he made, uh, link a dune buggy, a Aww. little remote control, um, buggy for him to ride in for his last trip to the pretzel shop. Cause they always would take him to the pretzel <laughs> shop <laughs> and it was just so precious. And he loved getting to go out there, even though he couldn't use his front end anymore. So, yeah, well, and, and, and again, we, we touched base on this already and you have it here as one of your myths about keep active versus create rest. Now, granted, mm -hmm. they need to rest. There's no doubt about it. Oh, I yeah. mean, the onset for degenerative malopathy for most dogs is between eight and 14 years old. A lot of them are males as opposed to females, not to say that females can't get it too. Um, but yeah, so crate rest, sure, they need to rest and you need to let them rest. But you need to get them up moving too, whether it be like a no impact workout, like like swimming in a pool, hydrotherapy or something like that, massage, laser therapy, light therapy, um, acupuncture, acupuncture. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they need to they need to have these things more so if they have degenerative myelopathy than if they're a healthy older dog. Now, I'm not saying that they don't need it if they're a healthy older dog, but they need it more so. And we also talked about it before. They need to be mentally stimulated, whether you have, you know, we like licky mats. They love, they love oh, yeah. mats or some sort mm -hmm. of food puzzle or, you know, yep. even when, even when they, they're pretty much down, you know, and, and the end is in sight, we still play games with them on their oh, pillow. Absolutely. Even yeah. if it's tossing them a ball, they Ooh. can't obviously run after it, but they can like lift their front end and catch it. They, they need that kind of interaction. Absolutely. Absolutely. They, they love all of that. They, they're so busy. I mean, dogs are so loyal and they've always like for me, you know, we all kind of joke that you can't even go to the bathroom without your dog coming with you. Right. Oh, yeah. or, and or um, I, yeah. <laughs> I found that when Casey was down completely, that was kind of the hardest thing is she was like, mom, 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 I can't come with you. And, mm -hmm. and so, yes, I put her in a wagon and took her to the bathroom with me half the time because she um, just wanted to be close all the time. I never left her side. So it, it, it and that was a blessing and a curse too. Yeah. <laughs> Hard for me when she was actually gone. I went through a lot of anxiety. Oh yeah. Kind of oh, I'm because, sure. Yeah. But they they're used to that routine, whether it be yeah. her going to the bathroom with you every single time. Um, <laughs> here we do a lot of short, frequent walks throughout the yes. day here at the mm -hmm. sanctuary because simply because they're seniors. So 
we probably go around the sanctuary grounds and it's about three acres. We're probably out there five, six, maybe seven, eight times a day. And we're out about 15, 20 minutes each time. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes it's longer if we're on a little snafari too, along with the walk. <laughs> but like Jared, for instance, um, we had another dog, his brother Jensen passed with DM after Jared. But Jensen, if he didn't come out for a walk with us, he didn't care. He was fine just laying in here on his dog, big barker dog bed, you know. And when we came yeah. back, he was happy to see us. Jared wanted to go every single time. And when they get to a certain point, as you know, like it can be a bit much for them, even in the wheel cart, especially on grass, which is yes. what we have. So right. my son bought me a lawn cart. Uh-huh. And yeah. Yeah. It's just low to the ground. It's very wide. It has big fat tires. It's like a kind of like a, I don't know, an elaborate wagon, but not really. An off-road wagon, right? <laughs> yeah. And I would put Jared, I would put a blanket in there and I would put Jared in there and I would tote his hundred pound body around the sanctuary grounds with us. Not every single time, but as much as I could, because it, it we're, we're all right. So, it's mountainous here. So there's hills and stuff and talk about a workout. Yeah. I, I did whatever I could to make sure he could come with us because he looked forward to it. Yeah. It it was like the highlight of his day. And I wanted him to be able to still feel like he was a part of the group. That's so special. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. It's funny you say that because I, I also went through, for me, it was easier to take the wagon and then um, once Casey was not able to really sit up and support herself in the wagon, we switched to the stroller and it was like a whole new thing because she was out in front. And then I realized, well, dogs like to be out in front. They like yep. to take us on walks, you know, yep. <laughs> all the rest of the time she was tolerating me pulling her and she was behind. And and so I might've thought a little bit too hard into it that, that I needed to. <laughs> well, um, she, she was out with you. And I, I think it, it, in the end that that's, that's all that matters. Um, <laughs> yes, yes. So, so um, let's just talk about the, the stages of DM because there are, there are a few stages of DM Um I'm sure it's probably the same for corgis that it is for German shepherds. But in the beginning, you notice like a, a loss of balance and coordination. Yes. Um, I don't know for corgis, it's probably the same. Maybe their back legs might st- start to cross over. Or they like do cross over. Up. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So you, you start to notice that. And also if they're standing, their back end might like slowly start to dip for no reason. Like they just can't really support it. Yeah, it's tricky with corgis. They are shorter, and that is something I well, wanted to. They have to... that fuzzy peach butt too. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I did. I did want to uh, commend all of you with the bigger dogs. I, we we have several people on Shay.dm that um, yeah, do help people with the larger dog. I'll I'll ask them to jump in and help with these other people because my heart goes out to you guys. I mean, for me, Casey was um, well. She also had a tumor in her belly, but she was um, forty pounds. And, and I could still pick her up and take her places. And, and I know it's got, I just can't imagine how difficult it's got to be for you guys with the larger dogs and lifting them and hauling them and cleaning them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Two people, Chrissy with Wesson, um, he is a 130 pound Chesapeake Bay retriever. She took the journey with him and, and then also Maggie, um, Hillary with the Maggie, the Bernice mountain dog. Like that's, that's, 
you guys, my heart goes out to you, but the innovative like creativity that these people have is like unbelievable and very, very impressive to me. Like um, Chrissy would get, and she's, I ask her to help people all the time because she actually got like a hiking belt that she would put on and, and clip and be able to hold Wesson up while she changed him and, you know, wow. and cleaned him up and everything like, mm-hmm. you know, cause we have accidents and things like that. Right, you know? right. And that, that's something too, like a lot of people say, oh, they're incontinent. And I always tell them, try to get them checked by their vet. If you think they're incontinent before you just deem it as incontinent, because a lot of times it's a UTI and they mm-hmm. can, you know, do the prescribe the antibiotics. And we went through that with Casey. She had a ton of UTIs. The only time she was incontinent was when she had a UTI. The rest of the time, um, she wasn't incontinent. It, I mean, like it was reversible when we could fix it. It was right. difficult to find the right antibiotic for the right bacteria and things like mm-hmm. that. I mean, we we did that a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um. But uh, yeah. I mean, it, it was nice to know that she. Well, some are are incontinent though. You know. Well, I mean, some are. I mean, is it, it, it is they. Checked. Yeah, mm-hmm. as they start to progress in the stages, um, obviously after loss of balance and coordination, then it progresses into muscle weakness and their back end starts to atrophy. Right. Um, you know, that's that's what I don't know about you, but that's what we try to uh, prolong the most. Um, and you you touched base on a wheel cart and once they go in, they don't come out. Um so we we absolutely try to keep them out of out of a wheel cart for as long as possible because that's just in our experience that's when we've really seen the atrophy set in once they go in that wheelchair cart they really don't come out for dm um but prior to putting them in there we love blue dog help them up harnesses yes Ugh, <laughs> they're worth their weight in gold and i mean it's just like lifting up a suitcase oh sorry yep. lifting up yep. a suitcase with the back end handle and the 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 um, back handle. Um, and most of the time they can get their own front end up. They just need assistance with the the back right. end in right. that stage in, in, right. in like stage number two, they can still do it themselves. So that, that harness and we have like, I think we have about five or six and honest to gosh, I feel like we can't have enough of those. <laughs> um, yeah. There's a lot of good ones out there too. And um, gingerly, there's a, there's just a lot of them that, that are yeah, great. They've come um, and way. I think, you know, all of this, like what you, what you said about, you know, trying to keep them mobile on their own independent more as long as possible. That's absolutely true. Um, but it also depends on the dog's personality mm-hmm. and also like um, people being realistic of what they're, capabilities are Absolutely. you know like so some right. people um i had one lady that was had just had back surgery herself and so in her situation going into a car a little earlier was her better option as opposed to her other choice was put the dog down or give right. it away right that's and understandable so, uh, you know, I mean, I, I just want to emphasize, like, it's a really good idea that it, 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 we can give all this advice and suggestions, but that's all they are is suggestions. Right. Um, and, and everybody needs to evaluate their own situation independently with their vet, with their professional, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and really figure out what is the best thing for them. Um, where, where we like to like to see these dogs be out and active and, and you know yes and we can lift them with the harness we can help them all along and 
And, and some dogs just don't like that. And some That's dogs right. love it, you know? Yeah. Um, Casey, I couldn't keep her in the harness long enough. She slipped right out of it faster than I could. <laughs> and so, like, she would just scoot right on through and and so for me, the towel is what I did as much as I could, you know, yeah. and that's, that's not the we've greatest done that. Way. We've done that too. Yeah. 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 It, in fact, that's what I did for Woody in the beginning because, well, I mean, this was back in 2009, 2010. I didn't know. I didn't even know what degenerative myelopathy was back then, let alone a harness for, to help a dog. So I did right. probably what most other people did back then. I just went and got a big old beach towel and like put it under his belly mm -hmm. and would like, you know, hoist up his back end. But, and like you were saying about each dog is different. Jared and Jensen, again, I keep going back to them because they're the ones that have passed most recently from DM. They were brothers. Um, um, Jared loved his wheel cart was all over the place. Jensen didn't last as long. I ended up having to part ways with Jensen sooner because Jensen was, um, he hated it. And anytime I would try to like manipulate him, he, he would actually try to bite me. Like, right, he was right. not having it. He was, he was, um, I loved him dearly, but he was a cranky old man <laughs> and he was not having any parts of that wheel cart. And he became very stressed and anxious and actually became violent. Like he, yeah. he didn't like it. So unfortunately, you know, we had to say goodbye to him sooner because we didn't have another option. And he right. was huge. He was huge. And he was incontinent. And he was just, you know, really having a, a very tough go of things. So if the dog is willing to cooperate, obviously you can help them out a little bit longer. But like you said, not every dog's that way. Right, right. Yeah. It's a, you're you're absolutely right. It's I mean I know um, after doing this for a while, uh, it just makes me realize how lucky I was with Casey and that mm -hmm. she she was a very bossy corgi. She was very mm -hmm. quick to dictate like Mom, I need this, I need that, and if you don't do it right now, I'm going to keep yelling at you until you get it. And uh, <laughs> I couldn't couldn't finish one thought for a while there, um, but <laughs> I don't regret it for a second. And yes, I'd do it all over again. This corgi that I have now, I know, um, I just hope she won't develop the disease, um, but she may. Um, she's still too young to know, of course. And thankfully, hopefully I'll never see it. Um, I hope so but too. if in fact she does have to, our life will be very different because she doesn't like to ride anything. She actually gets colitis when I've tried to put her in a wagon or put her in a, a yeah. Oh, no. and so she's, she's had a lot of trauma in her life um, mm -hmm. before I got her, but, um, but you know, I need to be, be able to respect that for her too, you know? And, right. and so I don't know, I, I just hope we never have to face it, but if we do, I know that I'll probably get a lot of people saying, well, why don't you just this? And, and you're right. I would love to, but I have to respect that she may not appreciate it either. That's know? right. That's right. And I, I do think that's important to highlight. You you mm -hmm. can't force your dog into letting you help them. If if they are just non-compliant, then right, we have to respect that. And it's just such an emotional time. It is. I mean, we've talked about we've talked about the dogs. We've talked about some of the symptoms. We've talked about some of the tools that we can use to help them, um, even about getting a diagnosis. 
Um, but we haven't talked about being the caregiver. It is very stressful and caregiver burnout is very, very real with a dog who has degenerative myelopathy. And yes. it's really not something that, you know, you should do on your own if you don't have to. You don't try to be a hero. You know, if someone offers help, take them up on it. Even Go if ahead. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't you think? I mean, it's, 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 it is. It's 24-7 at once you get to a certain point. Yeah. And that's that's kind of a big part about Shade Out DM is, um, you know, I encourage people, go ahead and post your feelings on there because a lot of people um, handle things differently and a lot of people don't, you know, you feel so alone. Even if you have, like I, my husband, uh, but he was like, okay, that journey's over. Let's move on kind of thing. And I couldn't, you know, mm-hmm. it took me a really long time. I actually, um, when Casey crossed the bridge, like I said, I couldn't, I couldn't leave her. Even when we helped her across the bridge at the vet office, they, it was kind of, uh, you know, it morbidly funny and that um, I was sitting there with her and she was clearly gone and, And so I I was waiting for them to come and get her because I didn't want to leave her. But yet on the other side of the door, they were waiting for me to be done saying goodbye to her. So it was like kind of a long time. And and so uh, but for for a long time after that, I'd say a good month. It's a real thing. It's called um, there's actually a a term for it. And it is um, slipping my mind right now. But it's basically an actual type of anxiety that people get. um, Anticipatory. it, oh, that that's hosp- a lot of hospice workers get it. Uh-huh. And um, so f- for the longest time, I didn't know what was going on. And I'm not normally an anxiety kind of person, you know, normally, you know, I've, I've lost a lot of animals over the years, I keep them forever. We have horses that have lived into their 30s, and it's time to let them go. And, and it's just something that, that I know this happens. But with Casey, it was different, because I, you know, all everyone's the same. Like we spend so much time operating off of whatever they need, you know, do they need a drink of water? Oh, it's been 15 minutes. They must need this, or it's been this, it's, it must need this. And, um, so I actually had alarms set on my phone and when she was gone, the alarms kept going off and it was so hard for me, but (laughs) it, it was mostly like, um, suddenly all that stops. Mm-hmm. And so um, all of a sudden I got this terrified feeling every time I went to the fridge. Well, then I identified, oh, well, her food was in the fridge or her whatever, you know. And so, but it been shocking to where your fingertips even hurt, like your your whole heart, everything. It's like, <gasps> and and yeah. you, I couldn't breathe or anything. And I was, I didn't know what was going on. Now I know it's a typical type of anxiety that a lot of caregiver hospice workers get. And that's what we are, you are hospice worker. We, mm-hmm. we are hospice caregivers. And, and so like, I couldn't get my brain straightened out for about a month. Um, it took me a long time to, to like, even be able to put things like nothing made sense to me. Um, I actually drove the wrong way on a one-way road for a moment there. I mean, thankfully it was, it's not a crowded road, but (laughs) I was like, what am I doing all of a sudden, you know, and your brain is confused, you know, it's very Mm -hmm. much confused. Now I know to tell people, 
go ahead and see your doctor about this. This is actual grief. This is yes. actual a, a, a thing. And and I didn't know at the time for myself, but now I know I've seen a lot of people that also suffer from these things and it's okay to get help. It's okay to, like you said, and while you're taking the journey, gosh, we're so exhausted. You know, Casey mm-hmm. didn't let me sleep for more than four hours at a time. And, um, you know, I, even when she was sleeping, I didn't allow myself to sleep because I knew it was been four hours. She need, you know, she's going to need me in a minute. And so you go on this, um, crazy, like for her, it was the whole last year, four hours of sleep every night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, it, it, and I don't have children, but I understand like, you know, new moms get that, you know, and, and your body adjusts. Well, Right. My body never unadjusted from it. So I still only do four hours sleep. Oh. <laughs> but it's kind of something that that it's important to recognize. And you're absolutely right. If if somebody says, Hey, can I can I run to the store and pick something up for you? Let them say yes, that would be yes. fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, don't... or I'll I'll sit with Casey for an hour. Why don't you just run to the store if you know right. to, give, to give you a break? So it it is one hundred percent important to take care of yourself because if you don't take care of yourself, you're then no yeah, you're yeah. no good to them. And and it is true what they say about caregivers. Mm-hmm. How and I've heard this numerous times in humans where one spouse is sick with cancer or some sort of terminal illness and the caregiver's not taking care of themselves. And then they end up with something terminal too, because they just didn't have time to recognize the signs or go to the doctor. So I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying it's very, very important to take care of yourself because you are in fact a caregiver with, I mean, I'm talking a a caregiver, caregiver with a dog with degenerative myelopathy. And also just to take this a step further, I, I feel like it's important to know when it's time to say goodbye as well, which becomes very, very muddled when you're with this dog 24-7, like you're saying. Sometimes it's hard to pull yourself back and say, we've gone as far as we can go. This is this is it. And somebody might have to say something to you like, you know what? I don't mean to upset you here, but you know, have you really looked at what's going on here? Because sometimes that gets a little cloudy. Yeah. So that is a um, very, very good point to talk about. Um, we, we've we shared on the Shade.dm group, there's a, a, a thing called Scout's House that it has a, like an evaluation that you can do yourself. Um, Bobby Meyer wrote a book called Corgis on Wheels that was kind of like a Bible for me when I was taking the journey. She included that in that book, and and Bobby's been amazing. Um, there's just so many people have really contributed to give, getting the information to everyone, um, and I don't want to leave anybody out. So, um, but bottom line, um, Scout's House has a um, uh, evaluation that you can do, and it's just very simple. Like if some questions uh, it asks, and then you kind of score it yourself, and. And, you know, oh, yeah, I guess we are there. Or, oh, no, no, we're not there yet. You know, it's good mm-hmm. to keep checking that every once in a while. And it, again, coming from a horse trainer background, it's important to evaluate how things are going for the animals and, and that kind of thing. You always want to make sure. Um, but if you take it to or allow it to go to a, a the further stage, like, you, you know, yeah. when you were trying to talk about stages, I'm sorry, we keep segueing, but, um, okay. you know, that the furthest stage um Casey did choke 
a couple of times. That's a scary mm-hmm. thing. You, I, I had to sit with her and monitor every time she ate. She ate in my lap and she did choke on her food. And so I had to actually do the finger sweep and pull the food out of her throat, you know, kind of thing. And it's because those muscles are becoming paralyzed. That's right. really too, um, that's very scary. And, and I didn't like, that's when it kind of became more real to me. Like, oh my gosh. But it was very hard to make the decision because she, everybody said, oh, they'll tell you, which yeah. they do. But um, also every single morning, I, I pray that she would just go in her sleep and mm-hmm. every single morning, her big brown eyes, morning, mama, you know, <laughs> just like, oh, you're, I'm glad, I'm grateful that you're still here, but why can't you just do this on your own? So I don't, you know, and um, honestly, uh for Casey, it was, it was too close. It was very too close. And I openly tell people that because every single day she was great. I mean, we did have a couple of days that were down and um, I would call up our vet who was amazing. And uh, well, she, he, he's like an, at least an hour and a half with no traffic <laughs> to get to him, but he was so good about always fitting us in. And, and so I, I'd say something's going on and, He'd say, come on down. And, and so we'd go down and he'd say, yeah, I, I see, you know, I think it's just a UTI and sure enough it was. And so it was a relief. And so um, Thursday she had had the best day she's had in a long time. She swam the best. I actually let her in her cart to run around the dog park, not run around on her own. Of course, at that point, her front end was not able to pull anymore. And so yeah. I would pull her, in, but let her sniff around and stuff. And and I never let her do that before because Casey was um, immunocompromised because she, poor Casey, had had so much um, things happen in her life. And she, when she was two, she contracted canine hepatitis, even though she was vaccinated against it. It was just a different strain. And and so uh, that was, I mean, like, and so anyway, long story short, I just never took her to dog parks or let her be around a lot of other dogs like that because she, she was immunocompromised, you know, so it was just something that we want to make sure that we never let her. So I must've known that that Thursday, her time was like coming because I let her actually go and sniff around at the dog, you know, and, and, um, anyway, so she swam her best swim and everything. And then by Friday I woke up and I could tell her breathing was changing. Mm -hmm. And I had promised her we would only take this journey as long as she wanted to do it. It was not something that I was going to um, make her do it for myself. Um, but if if she was didn't want to fight anymore, we would call it, you know. And but it was just so difficult because every morning she she would wake up with those bright eyes, bump morning, you know, and mm-hmm. and barking and talking and chatting and you know and play <laughs> wanting to play and stimulated with her words you know like you'd say bali your food or she liked cucumbers so i'd say a cucumber and oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i want all those things you know <laughs> and so um it was just something that it was just so hard and and but i promised her that's the thing about this disease is being realistic the way the disease works scientifically is to go and it basically attacks the um lungs and the you know the ability to breathe right and right. so respiratory um, system fails for her on friday i noticed her breathing was changing and i took her into the vet and he said i see what you're saying and he goes but i don't today is not the day but it is coming and i 
I should have done it then. And um, it, I didn't because I wanted to believe him. And he told me that. And I mean, him and I are very good friends now. Um, and, and he has told me, like, I'm just so sorry that I really should have just told you we should have done it then. But I, I didn't. You know, everyone had said that DM progresses slowly and it does till then, then it can change in 24 hours. It can change yeah. quickly. Right. And, and so by long story short, um, Saturday morning, she was telling me she was done. And I, sh- I re- that's the only thing I regret is I, I should have made the decision and not had her have to tell me she was done. And, and so, and, and it went, it went fine. I mean, she went so peacefully and such a blessing and she was such a, we have this saying in the corgi world where they corgi on corgi strong kind of thing. And, and she was so determined that it was just, it made it that much more difficult to make that call because every day she was great, you know? Right. So yeah. anyway, I don't mean to go on about that, but yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you that it, it, it don't push it that close, you know, well, that, that was yeah. just too close. And it terrified me to think that she might have to face, um, struggling to breathe and that was something i promised would never happen and she didn't she didn't struggle to breathe but it was way it too was close. coming way i too i waited too long with woody and mm. again i i didn't know i was just so green back then and i didn't know and i waited too long and he actually went into respiratory failure oh so, <clears throat> yeah that's it hard was, it was i it's a regret i live with till this day Right. And yeah. uh, I, I will never, ever, I, I truly believe in it's better to do it a day too soon than a day too late, Absolutely. even though it's going to tear my heart out. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they're very cognitive. They're, yep. they're completely cognitive. You know, they're very aware of, of the, what's happening around them because of course their brain's not affected from the disease, right. but right. So that is just such a tough, mm. tough call to make. But I, I will never, ever, like you said, allow another Woody's Place resident to go that long. I know much, much better now, um, but it doesn't take away from letting him go too long. I just, right. you know, the Internet was just not the same back then. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there was stuff about Dr. Clemens from Florida mm-hmm. who had reached but there just wasn't, there wasn't really information on YouTube. There wasn't really support groups. I mean, right. we didn't even really have Facebook groups then. It was like Yahoo groups. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I that's what we had. And, yeah. and I don't know, there just really wasn't a whole lot of information about it. And again, I'm out here in a rural area. It's not like I could just go knock on my neighbor's door and say, Hey, do you know what this is? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm trying to think the vet we were seeing at the time, it's before the vet that I, we use now. They just kept telling me it was something neurological. Right. They never once said degenerative myelopathy. They basically just kept taking all kinds of money from me. I put him through so much testing. It was so sad. Yeah, that's just it. It killed me. And I watch this over and over now. And that's why, you know, I, it's so difficult because we, when people reach out to us at Shade Out DM, we don't know the vet. We don't know the situation we certainly don't ever want to undermine any sort of professional that sure. would do that. Uh, unfortunately, like a lot of things in the world, you know, there's some great ones and then there's some not so good ones. And 
and, yeah. and it's difficult. So I just like to supply people with the questions they need to ask or, or things, you know, well, hmm, you should look into this or check into that, you know, just give them more to work with, so to speak, you know, and mm-hmm. you're right. There wasn't that much, even back when I took it with this journey with Casey. Um, but in the Corgi community, there were several soul team players that also took this journey and and knew and and so like they knew a lot of corgi people have a lot of the relative dogs you know like so mm-hmm. that's why um the one lady that i spoke of earlier karen so she took the journey three times so she did this for 10 years straight wow. and all of her dogs were related so um it, it just it, it's not a great journey but trying to find the positive out of it is to have a community of support, have people mm-hmm. that can help you have people that can be there when in the middle of the night and, and your dog is anxious and frantic and what can I do? And um, being able to pop on and say, Hey, have you tried a rotating fan or, you know, do- DM dogs can't regulate their own body temperature. So maybe he's hot, maybe he's cold, maybe, you know, try this, try that, you know, and, and right. people just start throwing their suggestions out there and, usually something works, you know, we just Mm kind of throw a whole bag of tools out there, try this, try that. And and it it usually works. And then everybody can go to sleep. Yeah. You know, know, too, you find out, you find out like a, maybe if your veterinarian's not working for you, you can, you can look for suggestions or even a veterinary hospital. They could point you to someone who's doing perhaps clinics, a trial, trial clinic or whatever on DM that you could, you could get more resources or testing. Now you said you had DNA testing done. Some people don't even know where to look for a DNA test uh, or what is a reputable DNA test or what it even does. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's where we're out trying to do the, the shade out DM as far as educating the public, you know, like giving them, Hey, and, and you know, it's so funny because we do, the, we've done a lot of pet walks and that kind of thing. They're all breeds. And so a lot of people have said like, Oh, well, I know somebody, Oh, well, maybe there was this, I've seen this one dog, in a wheelchair in our neighborhood. I wonder if that's what he has or, you know, things like that. And so it's just so, um, the whole community helping animals just warms my heart and that, that people can support each other and share the word. And, Mm -hmm. and then once they get to the website, they can pop on there and see, Oh, I could go to, um, Gensol or OFA and get the tested, you know, that kind of thing. And, Mm -hmm. and, um, they're just, there's just so much to learn and so much to know and so much, it's mind boggling and to do it and have a full-time job and kids and things right. also, it's just, there's so much more to juggle in life too, that it right. adds more to your plate. Life doesn't you, stop. <laughs> you get, yeah, you get that overwhelmed feeling way too quickly, you know, all of a sudden mm-hmm. your whole world is changing. And, and then once they're gone, you have to learn how to relive without them again, you know, mm-hmm. and it's a, it is a tricky thing. And uh, I, I remember what I was going to say earlier um, about rescue is that we do this race every year. And I reached out to um, the rescues, a lot of rescues in in the beginnings of this race. And it was um, some of them really were um, welcome. And, and oh, yeah, I totally want to do this. And I had other rescues say, 
oh gosh, no, we wouldn't want to mention that because it's difficult to place dogs in homes if they might have might end up getting this disease. It's right. harder to find caregivers for them, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, so I like to clear that up with a lot of people in that those rescue dogs need help, need love too. They need, they need love really somebody that can be dedicated to them and, and still give them everything they need. And that's what's so wonderful about your organization is you, you don't, pick and choose like so to speak as far as like oh they have dm i don't want to deal with that that's a big project instead you welcome them and give them love and that's so special because Mm -hmm. it's so so important that they get the the love and the everything they need and it it is a big huge undertaking to take that on so thank thank you for everything that you do well thank you i i appreciate that but uh you know as you know once you have one you start to learn (laughs) how to deal with it better in the future. And that doesn't mean that emotionally it's not going to be a struggle and you're not going to hurt when they say goodbye, but you're going to feel more confident knowing I have these tools now. I I know this is still going to hurt, but that dog has quality of life. And you know what? I can help that dog and I'm going to help that dog. Yeah. Um, You know, and, and I, I, I feel like you and I are similar in the sense that um, like you, you made that cart. Um, when your husband said, no, I don't stop either. I I'm very tenacious. And if someone tells me, no, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. And, yeah. <laughs> and it's the same thing with DM. Like, um, my husband said to me, Mr. Woody's place at one time, he said, you know, are you going to cry like this when, when every single time when one of these dogs passes? And I said, yeah, I'm going to ball like a baby. And then I'm going to go out and I'm going to rescue another. <laughs> That's right. Because as long as they're out there and they need help and this horrible disease is out there, they need help. They need people and they need people who understand and know what they're doing. And if, and if, if somebody's willing to help a dog with degenerative myelopathy and they don't know what they're doing, they need to find organizations like yours that can give them the tools to, to help them help that dog. Yeah, everybody on that group has been just so wonderful as far as, I mean, they've been through it or they're taking the journey themselves or they're, they've taken the journey many times. I mean, like there is so much knowledge on that group and I can't take credit for any of it. It's all them. Everybody is amazing. We do have several vets on that group that will pop in if need be. Um, But honestly, that amount of experience level that is in that group is just phenomenal they there's just well you know there's so many people that that you know it's funny because um my vet actually calls me now whenever he has somebody that comes in that needs a cart and he goes oh well here just call tawny (laughs) she'll do it and um i said what you're crazy and he goes no he goes the best thing I can do as a professional is get to them, get them to somebody that has experience. And I thought to myself, like, well, gosh, I I mean, like I said, we're, we're good friends and I'm so glad that I have him, you know, as, as someone to lean on. I, I don't at all think I know everything. There's far from that, you know, I'm learning every day and, and there's always something new that I look forward to learning. And, and, yeah, and me too. continuing education is a very big deal, especially with this disease, because hopefully one day 
we'll get that phone call that says, we've got it. We've figured it out. Yeah. You know, I mean, I would love to see that. I, I've been told by many people um, when I first started doing this, oh, Tony, I don't know why you bother. There's just, um, there's, they're not going to figure this out in your lifetime. And, you know, they may not, but you know what? The, my answer is, we're, I'm not going to go out without trying, you know, so you let's go. get it out there, <laughs> share it with everybody, yeah. you know, train, teach people, train people to, to help, you know, having all these vet students that went to that veterinary conference, go back to their office with knowledge and being able to say, Hey, I'm so sorry that, that you, your dog, you know, it looks like your dog might have this, but here's a group you can join and get the information. And, you know, you can find where to get the, the tools that you're going to need and, and things like that. And, and hopefully, um, you know, we don't claim to, to re you know, raise funds for research and that kind of thing. We do contribute to research. We do, um, you know, donate to the, for every race we donate to the, to, you know, different researches, the projects that are going on and, and that sort of thing. And, and, but absolutely there's other, other groups that, have those things going. And, and so we feel like our main focus is just raising awareness and getting the word out there. And, and, and that is my own personal approach to yeah. um, and, trying and giving people resources. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to get the people educated so that hopefully one day we won't have to make the decision of breeding the these yeah. genes, right? You know, right. So, yeah. can't can't get here quick it's enough. My hope. It's yeah, my hope because... it's mine too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, this this has been fantastic. I I want. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Oh gosh. Well, you know me. I could keep on going, but um, <laughs> we can always do this again if you if you know if you have people that you feel that need would like to talk again or. Well, what I'd like to do is um, I'm I'm actually going to add your information. So when this this podcast actually comes out, it's also going to be a blog post, too. Um, I'm going to make sure that all of your pertinent information is attached so that anyone listening or reading can actually come and check you out. But do you want to just say on the podcast here where people can find you online? Oh, sure. Sure. Thank you. Um, so it's uh, www.shadeoutdm.org. Um, and it's shades like sunglasses. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, then we do have Facebook. I, I know how to work the Facebook. I do not know how to work the Instagram, but we do have that. And and we do have people that are doing that. <laughs> okay. um, so, uh, but we also have a Twitter Um can't say that I really know how to work that one either, but I try. <laughs> um, but mostly uh, we don't have a lot going on aside from, I mean, the Facebook group, it's the member group that is the Facebook group. Okay. So, they so have, we have a page and you have to be a member. Yeah. So you would, okay. on Facebook, you would join, ask to join the, the Facebook member group and okay. that's where all the activity really is. Okay. Um, as far as the, the Facebook page and the, you know, we, we do have a lot of presence out there, but but they're not real active. It's the member group is where everything is. So okay, um, I'll make sure I put that information on <laughs> uh, the podcast notes and and the blog past uh, blog post so that people can find you uh, at www.shadeoutdm.org 
and on Instagram and on Facebook and that members group, because that sounds like that's the ticket, what people will really want to be a part, yeah. part of yeah. for, and for like real-time have- stuff. Right. And we'd love to have them share their pups on there too and their journey. You know, I mean, honestly, I'm super, I was super excited when you asked us to do this because um, I'd like to get past the whole myth that it's just a Corgi group because yes, the logo is Corgi just because that's my girl and and that's how that came about. But but um, she's just the spokes corg, and it really all dogs, all breeds. We have um, all different pins that you know, and that's the point. Is is just it's funny because we would do the um, corgi events, and at the booth, people would come up and say, "Oh, I'm just so glad I don't have to deal with that because I don't have a corgi." And I, well, come on, what kind of dog do you have? And oh, I've got a boxer, a German Shepherd. I'm like, come on over here this time, you know? <laughs> yeah, we want to share with you talk. too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And that that is a good a good point that your group, your your organization is not exclusive to corgis, although that is what you sound like you're passionate about. Still DM, degenerative myelopathy, it doesn't discriminate. And right. there are 99 other breeds out there that are subjective, subject to this, this uh, disease as well. So yeah. 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 And believe it or not, like, I mean, so I had somebody reach out and say, like, I want to donate a cart. And I said, thank you so much. That's so sweet. And when I met up with her, she's a veterinarian and she's had four Australian shepherds with DM. Oh, wow. Herself. So, I mean, it just goes to show that whatever people out there are, you know, there's a lot of people that like to dismiss DM and quit talking Mm -hmm. about it and that kind of thing. And I just feel like, Honestly, you know, I'm not trying to be defiant. It's just there's a problem out there and we need to recognize that and we need right. to go ahead and and it's not just um somebody that thinks they might have had this is a veterinarian herself has taken this journey four times with her Aussies. So come on, you know, like right. let's respect it. Let's acknowledge it's a problem and let's do something about it. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I wish it was that easy to isolate those who have the dog uh, with the gene and not to breed that dog. But I, I don't think it's going to go anywhere anytime soon. Unfortunately, what would be great is if they'd be able to figure out how to, um, how to cure it once, once, uh, a dog ends up with it. That would be fantastic. And a person, of course, with ALS. I, I understand mean, they're getting closer. Great. Yes, um, I understand they're yes. getting closer. So that would be phenomenal. It really would for for everyone involved. So yeah. And it's important to go ahead and and um I mean if you if you have the heart for it, I mean that it's it's a rough ride, you know, it's hard mm-hmm. to ride the shit out down. But it's journey. worth it. But, but it's worth it. It is. It is. But where where I was going with this is is it, it's you know we don't have uh, we're we're taking a lot by taking the DM journey. But if it, if you can find it to the energy to follow like the ALS stuff as well, um, you'll see that that they're they're getting very close in a lot of the um, treatments for ALS, which I can't say too much, but we're getting closer in the dog world of, of more experimental things that may be able to help reverse it or slow it down even more. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's, it's just really 
encouraging to me to know that by bringing it to the surface and keep putting it out there and, and basically by sharing with everyone that this disease is, it, it could affect you, making it more personal to people. It could be your dog. Then they start to become more involved and invested in um, interested in it, right. you know? And yeah. so by doing that, the more people that we, we can share this with, then the chances of it, finding a cure and finding for ALS as well are greater. You know, I, mm-hmm. I feel like the ALS community has kind of been out there for a long time. And if you recall, um, that's something that, that we did is that, do you remember the ice bucket challenge, right? Yes. yes. So everybody knew the ice bucket challenge. This to this day, I can mention that to somebody, and and they'll say, "Oh yeah, I remember that ice bucket challenge. It was cold." They said, "Do you remember what it was for?" And they said, "No." Yeah. So we need to make sure that people do know what it was for. It was for ALS. You know, Mm -hmm. that's the same thing that dogs get, and then they go, "Oh my gosh, I had no idea." You know, so being out there and seeing it and and talking with people, it's really interesting to see everybody's different perceptions. But I'm I'm so excited that that there is a lot more chatter about it and that you guys um, are sharing about it. And it's, it's just, um, I'm just so glad to, to get with you about this and, and see the differences that you're making in all the dogs. You're, I mean, everybody makes you. a difference, right? But I have to tell you, we did last season uh, for the Life with All Dogs podcast, we did the 20 most common health issues in senior German shepherds. And the one health issue that we got the most response to was degenerative myelopathy. And we have a small DM group on the Woody's Place Facebook page. And, you know, people come there for information or to share their stories or just to cry because their dog just passed the rainbow bridge and they need support and they get it. But I thought to myself, you know, we had something else planned for season four. And I thought to myself, you know what, we really need to take a deep dive into degenerative degenerative myelopathy (laughs) and get more questions answered and have people come on as guests and broaden the, um, the whole thing, as opposed to just that one podcast and blog post that we did, because there's a lot, a lot of people out there, regardless of the breed that are, um, affected by this disease and want to know more, more about it and what they can do. So this, this was been this has been great. It really has. And I look forward to seeing what you do in the future. And uh, yeah, you. I'd love to have you on again at some point if you'd be interested. This was fantastic. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Maybe we can do something about the race or something because that's yeah. it. that's exciting. Um, we like to have basically with that, we're having people um, do a team. And so mm-hmm. we have different kinds of teams. And, and this will be the first year that we're actually a actual 501c3 nonprofit now. Oh, congratulations. So that'll be exciting. Yeah, when yeah. Is, we when is we the got race? it last year, but but not in time for the race. So it, oh, okay. this will be the first real race that um, will be under the 501c3. So um, up until then, we've been funding it ourselves. <laughs> so okay, well, good. It'll, congratulations. It'll yes. Yeah, congratulations. yeah. But yeah. The, the main point about that is, is just to to spread the word across the world. And it's so funny that you say that because there is um, somebody over in Europe right now that was just asking me, do you guys have somewhere that keeps track of all the dogs that are dying from this disease? And I said, no, because right now um, to prove it, you have to do the necropsy. And a lot of people don't 
have the funds or the heart to be able to do mm -hmm. those things. And a lot of the vets don't always have all the right equipment and tools to, to do the procedure, mm -hmm. you know, right away either. So it's, it's, there's a lot that goes into it, but I feel like, um, we just, the best we can do right now is have people share their stories on Shade.dm, have people share every, every breed of dog, every kind of dog, every, every experience, um, just put it out there. And that's what the race is for is people, even if you don't have a dog with DM, but you support them, you can either start your own support team, or you can go ahead and join a team of a pup that is taking a journey. And boy, what that does for a DM mom's heart or DM dad's <laughs> heart, you know, to yeah. know that there's people, strangers, you don't even know that are supporting you and behind you is just such a phenomenal feeling. So mm -hmm. when is the so race? Much. When is yeah, yeah. And we do do that with them um, with rescues too. So I really hope that maybe you guys will do a team. I would love to. When's the um, race? Yeah. Is, yeah. It, is it soon? Oh, sorry. Um, October. We, we're actually going to, last year was the first year we, we made it um, a week long. It was a recommendation of, of uh, actual, um, we do it through a run sign up platform, an actual marathon like type platform. And so uh, they actually advised us, you know, they're studying all the statistics all the time with the COVID and how that's affected everything. And so yeah. then they, they, we actually were going with them before all that, but, but thankfully they've stepped up with COVID to, to really find a way to um, have people track their runs and monitor their time. And it's all mm -hmm. real legit. Like, I mean, real marathon runners, you know? Uh -huh. And so um, <laughs> anyway, they, um, they through them uh, in their studying and, and figuring they established that, well, while this is all virtual, if you're just trying to raise awareness, you should extend it out for a week long rather than just one day. And so last year we did that and it was like just every day post a picture of something and everybody post and boy, it really did make a difference. So Ooh, um, we're going to do was that. Really cool. We had like, 16 countries and um like a, i mean people all over the world we um taiwan and and just a, a lot of people in australia a lot of people in europe different countries in europe you know i mean it's just really cool because it, they were posting around the clock all, i mean i'd yeah. wake up and there'd be all all more from everywhere it was really <laughs> really cool really cool. well you're gonna get some from the pocono mountains because we're gonna do we're gonna do that too in october so you'll you'll have to send me the details because awesome, i, I would awesome. definitely love to participate in that yes and and raise awareness and support your organization as well super cool well what, they can always check out the website because like all the old pictures and stuff are on the website and and that sort of thing but as far okay. as you know this you know if you need you want to have current discussions about your pup or share your baby or anything like that. That would be the Facebook members. Group. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Thank okay. you so much. Good. Well, thank you. It was great talking with you. you thank too. you for everything. Love what you do. Give those babies big kisses for us. I will. Thanks. Thank you. You have a good day. You too. Bye-bye.